What's up? Welcome back to Keeping Stock. This week we have a variety of topics, and one of these topics, the main one being how to sell sneakers. And the reason why I brought this up is because a listener, Tyler, thanks for submitting this, wanted to know how to sell sneakers as some of us have fallen into tough times due to the coronavirus and are looking for some extra cash as the future for the next couple months is unknown. And so I went into the vault and went through some of my personal techniques of how to sell sneakers. But before we jump into that, just a quick reminder that Keeping Stock comes out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Episodes are about 20 to 30 minutes long. So make sure to go ahead and follow and rate the podcast. And let's get right into it. How to sell sneakers. I broke this into five categories that I typically look into when selling my sneakers. And so the first one, I think is often overlooked or never really thought about is why am I selling? And the reason why this is important is it gets you to create a sense of the value that you're trying to achieve or the profit you're trying to achieve when selling these sneakers. So are you selling it because you need cash in a hurry? Are you selling it because you're trying to reduce the size of your collection? Are you selling it because it really isn't your style anymore? And as you can see, those three reasons, and there's many more, all have a different value attached, right? If you need cash right away, you can try your best to get that top tier price, but you're willing to compromise because you need that cash as soon as possible. If you're just selling to reduce the size of your collection, like I've been doing over the past two and a half years, you know, I started about 250 sneakers and slowly whittled down to about 75 to 100. And that has been a completely different selling process because I'm willing to wait out to get the right value for these sneakers that I know I'm selling and I know that they're worth. Further in that third one, right? If you are selling because it doesn't necessarily fit your style anymore, that's kind of the balance. You can decide, I want to get rid of these as soon as possible or I can wait it out and try to find the right price. It also helps you create that goal and that expectation. So maybe your goal is to, you know, sell X amount of shoes and make $1,000 of profit. Maybe your goal is to sell 10 pairs of shoes in the next three months. Understanding that is going to help you choose the platform you're on, what you're selling, how you're going about selling, and things in the future of this process. And that's step one, asking yourself, why am I selling? Step two, what are you selling? So are you selling high value sneakers? Are you selling sneakers that have never been worn? Are you selling used sneakers that, you know, you wore every other month? Are you selling sneakers that you break out once a week? Or are they just completely beat, right? Once again, that's going to give you an understanding of the market that may be looking for these sneakers or your best opportunities. Because if you're selling a pair of sneakers that's just absolutely beat and it's not a highly valuable sneaker in some regards and you know based on your research the market really isn't there, donate them. There's a ton of shoes that for me that I ended up just donating due to them probably only selling for 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah, that's 30 or 40 bucks that you're willing to get, but typically some shoes in that price range can take a long time to move 
because someone may be looking for something of better quality, maybe longer lifespan. And so I've donated to foster homes, I've donated to Goodwill in various places with those inexpensive shoes that someone may be able to use down the road. Further, in understanding what are you selling, how many pairs are you selling, right? Are you doing a large shift, a bulk sale, you know, over 20 pairs, over 30 pairs? Once again, that can shift on how you're trying to sell these sneakers. And if all of them are new or all of them use, that's going to create another value there. So in this case, right, we'll go with the example, we know you're selling because we'll say you need cash. And what are you selling? You're selling about seven to eight pairs of a mixture of new and used sneakers. And so the third step here is going to be maximizing the value. And there's a few ways to do this. So one, that is if you're going to use a platform such as a variety marketplace like eBay, Craigslist, LetGo, OfferUp, Facebook Marketplace, Grailed, etc., Facebook groups, Instagram, local, whatever that is, taking high quality photos can easily add as little as five to twenty dollars to that purchase if it's a used shoe, right? So you've cleaned the shoe first off. You'd be surprised at how many shoes that I've bought in, you know, decent condition that once I cleaned looked brand new. So, you know, using Jason Mark or Crep or uh, Rejuvenate or whatever you want to use to clean the shoe to make it appear as new and fresh and clean as possible is going to create a perceived value for the buyer as they're scrolling through. Second, when you're taking that photo, making sure you're using proper lighting. Maybe it's on top of the sneaker box. Maybe you just take a second to go outside and get some natural lighting on the shoe. Because to me, nine times out of 10, if it's just on a dirty carpet floor with the shoe lying on there, the laces splayed out everywhere, I'm just going to overlook it because it looks like the person who's taking that photo really isn't, doesn't take care of their shoes or doesn't really necessarily care for them too much. So taking those photos, cleaning them, you know, if you cinch your laces, you're someone who wears it super tight, loosen them up a little, learn how some of the showroom uh, lacing techniques go or tuck the laces in, make sure it's even. Um, if you can't go outside and take it in a natural light um, and don't take it on the carpet, just take it on a nice table, hardwood tabletop um, or floor or something with a clean color scheme that's going to help you show the colors and the condition of the shoe. Take multiple photos from different angles, exterior, interior, heel, toe, insole, soles, etc. The more photos you give someone gives them the better ability to judge the sneaker. And if you've cleaned it well, obviously there's some type cases where you have to disclose if there's scuffs or severe creasing, but the photos should be able to tell that as well and give that user the ability to judge on their own without asking you a variety of questions. And so now you've taken all of these photos for your used sneakers. You still have a couple brand new sneakers. We have to decide step four, where are you selling? So, so far we have, why are you selling? What are you selling? How to maximize the value before going into the marketplace? And then 
what are you selling or where are you selling? Sorry. And so, as I mentioned, there's variety marketplaces. So the reason some people use eBay, Craigslist, let go, offer up, Facebook marketplace, Grailed, one, it allows you to sell used shoes on these sites and new shoes. You have a very large audience using some of these apps. In some cases, like Craigslist, you don't incur any fees. And that's something you have to think about when you're trying to get cash is, are these fees going to cut into my profit and not make me reach my desired cash goal? And so eBay, crazy marketplace, hundreds of thousands of people looking for sneakers every day, but you're going to incur a small fee if that sneaker's under $100. Because recently they released or revealed that sneakers over $100, no seller fees. That's great. So sell on there if it's over $100, you've taken great photos. The other thing here is eBay allows you to accrue ratings. So if you're selling quality product over time and you're getting great ratings, it's going to help you maximize the value further, create reputability, because someone's going to see, oh, someone sold 87 products, five stars, great shipping, and you can charge five or six dollars more than the someone selling the exact same model because your reputability is way higher than their maybe one or two stars that some people are iffy about. Further, some of these marketplaces like eBay, you can do your competitive research and see what items not only completed, but what items sold for. So if you're selling a LeBron 10, right? You can go through, look for that exact colorway, that exact size, click the sold filter and see what pairs have been selling for. So if in your mind you're saying, oh, these are probably selling for about $110 used. Mine is in a great condition. You see one, okay, this one's been used. It's in great condition and sold for 175. You can decide that price range there. The one thing you wanna make sure is that you've set up a PayPal account with a lot of these whether it's eBay, Craigslist, sometimes Facebook Marketplace. This creates a receipt, authenticity, and helps you from getting scammed in some cases. So if you're shipping to, you know, somewhere on Craigslist or from Facebook Marketplace for some reason, you have a confirmed address, you have a paper trail. When you use apps like LetGo and OfferUp, there's gonna be some negotiations that occur. Even in eBay, if you're using the buy it now or make it offer feature, there's going to be negotiation. So understand, typically I don't put, you know, as we said, maybe that LeBron 10's 175. I wouldn't put 175 because people are going to offer you 120, 130, and you're going to have to negotiate to find that spot. And so maybe starting at nothing ridiculous like $300, but maybe 185. And that kind of pivots and trades off for you to get that value. Let go and offer up typically are for lower priced items. Sometimes you'll find a steal on there and someone offering something very, very valuable, but more often than not, someone looking for something very inexpensive through their app locally. Um, and you can get lowballed quite often. Then you have sites like Grailed that have slightly more defined marketplace of people who are into streetwear, apparel, footwear, and accessories. There, you're gonna see about a nine to 11% seller fee from that website. So factor that in. But the nice thing with Grailed 
that you already have cut off and defined a part of the market as eBay is for everyone who can go down that rabbit hole. People going to Grilled may have a better opinion of their style or know more about the item as on eBay, you look at someone could be, you know, someone's dad or grandfather who goes through and says, oh, these LeBrons are cool. I'm going to offer $60 when they're really brand new and $200 as grailed people are going to have a better perception of what the value is then you have facebook instagram and local as places to sell as well um thing here is you just really have to be safe with how you're doing this because in these facebook groups and they want you to ship you get scammed they can send you a fake paypal receipt so make sure you're the one who's always sending the invoice and getting that returned and they have a confirmed address same with instagram if you're selling over that use paypal be safe if you're meeting up with someone do it in a public place bring a friend or friends um, just so things don't get hairy in some scenarios especially if it's a high value sneaker but if you're selling brand new shoes right so in this instance we know you're selling because you need cash you have seven to eight pairs of mixture of new and used obviously new shoes are going to get a much higher resale value than used shoes and so that's where those sneaker marketplaces come in very defined just to people interested in footwear or sneakers and that's you know your stock x and goat are the popular ones and so you look at stock x where you have um, them being vetted verified they already have product photos because the products are brand new and you can easily see the history and trends of what things have been sold at. Once again, though, you're going to see a 3% payment processing fee, and then you're going to see a nine and a half percent transaction fee unless you scale up into the higher tiers. And same with goat, you're going to see a nine and a half percent fee on those sales. And goat does do some used sneakers as well, but primarily the source of traffic there is going to be new sneakers but that you know people already understand the value of these shoes because it's already defined that niche of culture and then lastly right you could if you were in bulk say you just wanted cash tomorrow you could go to your local consignment shop if there is one nearby such as you know the ones you've heard of are flight club stadium goods here in portland we have index pdx and you can take them in bulk to these consignment shops. Once again, you're only going to get a portion of the value if you're having them buy directly. So if you have them buy directly, they may give you 50%, 55, 45%, depending on the model, color, size, etc., of the actual value of that shoe. But you get cashed out right away. Or you can have them consign it whereas some cases it's 60-40, 60% of profit goes to you, 40% of profit goes to them, but that's a waiting game. And that would be better if you are just trying to dwindle down the size of your collection and you want to put it in a store where someone can see it and hold on to it. And those are all the areas of where you can sell. And lastly, my last tip would be just think about it an extra five or 10 minutes or even a day about what you're selling because you don't want to sell something just because you need an extra $80. Obviously there's different cases, right? Where things are more significant 
and sneakers are the last of your worry. But if you're just selling something because you're like, oh, I can make, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, 300 bucks, you know, that's a great profit. But what if you regret it down the road? One of my biggest regrets selling is the Travis Scott fours. And I think I got in a cycle where I sold a lot of shoes that were no longer in my style. And I was like, oh, wow, making money, making money, making money. Soon, before I knew it, Travis Scott fours were gone. And now that I look back on it, I wish I would have held on to those a little bit longer um, just because of how hard they were to get, right? I got them for retail, which is great. But now that I look back on it, I wish I would have kept them. Same with the Ferrari 14s. Um, still on the fence about the band ones or black and red ones from a few years ago. But that's part of the selling process too. And that kind of comes back into why are you selling? Just think on it for a little bit to make sure this is the right move when selling your sneakers. And that's the five tips, right? Why are you selling? To help you create that goal, set your expectations of the value you're trying to get. What are you selling? Are they used? Are they new? How many pairs? Should you donate them? Is it worth waiting on them? Maximizing the value. So taking proper photos, cleaning the shoes, presenting them as best as possible. Where are you selling them? Is it a variety marketplace like eBay, Craigslist, etc.? A local group like Facebook, Instagram? Is it a sneaker marketplace like StockX, Goat? Or is it going boutiques or consignments? Lastly, think about it just for an extra couple moments, just to make sure you won't regret it in the past. And one of my honorable mention tips is never be the guy who shoots up the price. Maybe you're not trying to necessarily get rid of the shoe right away, but sometimes on StockX or Goat, you'll see one shoe in a size 12 at $1,300, where everything else is selling at $500. To me, the, the real there's no way of winning that. Someone's always going to undercut you. And say in your mind, you're like, oh, maybe I only really want $600. You shoot that bid to $1,300. That's what someone's seeing. Perceived value of the buyer is going to say, I don't know if that's necessarily the right price. Someone undercuts you at $750, and they're comparing $1,300 to $750, right? So they are comparing, what is that? 550 bucks. They're like, oh wow, this is a much better deal. Now you've been undercut. You've lost at the price you wanted to sell at. And then you're still stuck with the shoe. That's just a tip. Um, But that's how to sell sneakers. If you guys have any other tips or tricks, go ahead and tweet me or comment or send me a direct message on social media. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment of the show. Next, we're going to move into cool content and upcoming releases. But if you just came for the main segment today, I appreciate you for listening. And we'll be back after the break. And we're back. Today's piece of cool content, I have two pieces. The first one comes from the NBA subreddit. And obviously with the coronavirus and sports being shut down and social distancing, self-quarantining, isolating, etc., Someone posted this, which I thought was a great thought exploration. And here was the post. You join any NBA team. You have 82 games to score a total of 20 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds all season. So through 82 games, you just have to score an accumulative total of 20 points, cumulative total of 10 assists, cumulative total of 5 rebounds. If you succeed, 
you win a five-year, $250 million contract with that NBA team. If you fail, you die. Would you accept the challenge? Some of the stipulations being you get a guaranteed 20 minutes a game and no one on your team knows you die if you don't achieve these goals. Would you accept the challenge? And to me, it's a it's tough to say, right? How long do I have to prepare for this challenge? I think with my skill set, it's obviously not near an NBA level. That those are freak athletes. And some of those top tier division one players are absurd athletes. After that, you know, there's one things, you know, I my competitive realm gets to. Um, and so I think for me, at the age I am with no injuries, I would have to focus on a few things to really make sure in this process is one, a lot of people who said they could are like, oh, you can just make seven threes. You have to adjust for the difference in length of a three pointer from what's at your local pickup league, right? So instead of a normal three pointer, you're hitting NBA three, which is, I believe, three feet back. Um, so that's one thing. That's a huge difference. Like if you are arguing that with me now, I don't believe you have really played basketball to a various level because from high school to college to NBA is a huge jump if you're just used to shooting, you know, 20 footers or 18 footers. And then from there, I would have to speed up my shot release. By no means is it slow now, but it has to be much, much quicker on that catch and, catch and release front. Then I would have to continue to work on free throws, right? Because if I'm playing 20 minutes a game, and I do get fouled, those are free points. And I want to make sure at least 85% of the time I'm going to get those free points. And so those are the things to score. In terms of assists, that's a tough one, right? Because you have to really tighten your ball handling. You have to upgrade your court vision, understand where that shooter's pocket is, and really understand the flow of the game. Once again, that's going to take time to get used to with your teammates. And then further, five rebounds. I think five rebounds is more doable because not all rebounds happen in the action-packed zone um, for an offense rebound. Some of them are just lucky bounces. Some of them, you know, people have already taken off down to the other side of the court. Um, that may be a little bit easier than the the 10 assists or 20 points. Um, just because, you know, luckily I'm in that realm of being not absurdly tall, but you know, the size of an average NBA point guard. Um, so I'm not too short. I'm not absurdly tall. And so your skill set and fundamentals have to be really tight. But I think at the end of the day, um, knowing long enough out, maybe you're out to train, condition, tighten things up, speed up the shot release, understand the flow of an actual NBA game, because that's another thing that's completely different from any level that you'll ever play. Is the flow of an NBA game. From there, I think I may have an opportunity, so I'd accept it. I mean, five years, $250 million, might as well. Uh, if I fail, I die. Not anything I'm afraid of, so uh, I think I'd accept that. Go ahead and let me know what you thoughts, your thoughts on taking on that challenge. Um, and the second piece of content was with this self-isolating, I think one of the cool things I saw this week was the sneaker chat. That was put on by Will Hardison on Twitter. And so that's at Will Hardison, H-A-R-D-I-S-O-N. 
and just tweeted out five questions to the sneaker community. You responded, created some conversation, and it was super sweet to take part in. And that's my cool content for the week. Now, let's get into upcoming releases. These upcoming releases will be for March 23rd, Monday, through March 29th, Sunday. And really not a whole lot. We get the Adidas Yeezy Boost 380 Mist, non-reflective. I'm not going to lie. This 380 silhouette is slowly starting to grow on me, along with a 700 in that kind of anta all black colorway um, with the cage on it. That comes out on the 25th. You can expect those to be $230. And then on the 26th is Air Max Day. And if you haven't, go check out my last podcast on the history of Nike Air Max and how it was made. But we get the Women's Air Max 90 Metallic Pack. That comes in gold, silver, rose gold, starting at $180 retail. We get the Reverse Duck Camo Air Max 90 for $140, which, to be honest, I don't like at all. I don't like the Reverse Infrared. I wish it was just black um, where the infrared was. Then we have the Undefeated Nike Air Max 90 in Pacific Blue. Then we have another Air Max 2090, a new silhouette coming out on Air Max Day in a duck camo colorway. And that's really on this release calendar, all the releases I have. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I hope you may pick something up on how to sell sneakers or maybe thought about it in a more constructed way. Maybe you're still thinking about, would you take that? five-year $250 million contract or die scenario or maybe you're picking up one of the releases but as always I appreciate your guys time and I'll catch you next week